trivia, discussions, opinions, and the chance to have your say. Welcome to the Topical Resort.
that, welcome to another slightly delayed week. It's barely even a week because, well, the week is almost closing out, but welcome to another week here at the Top Group Resort. Well, then again, um, regardless, I guess, we, it would be it would still be a week. It would just be a different week if we did this tomorrow. Welcome back to the Top Group Resort. This is a brand new... Brand new? No, sorry, I'm reading messages, which is throwing me off here. This is a Radio Sega Live show that's brand new to the Sunday night slot. No, it's not permanently here, though, but this is a Radio Sega Live show where we cover anything topical, and this week, well, it's definitely, funnily enough, topical because it's relevant news, but normally not so much. Normally we just talk about to subjects and topics related to Sega, whether that be sort of an opinion... Uh, say like the games on a console, so what Sega so games that were on the Xbox 360 or any of this sort of stuff, or um, franchises, genres, anything like that. That's what we get up to here at the resort because I normally don't specify what we do, but that is what we do. But this week we're going proper topical. We're actually talking something that's relevant because um, unlike me, we should probably probably get relevant. Let's be honest with ourselves. So, if you want to join the fun and conversation, there's only one place you can come to do that. That is RadioSE.JF4Discord, where you can come and roast me for um, being very out of my radio chops. I'm, my presenting chops are non-existent tonight, but currently with us we have Iron1980, James 64326 and Black Knights, and there's still plenty of room for you to come and join, so come on down. If you don't like Discord, though, we have you covered. We also have a Twitter feed, at RadioSega, at Top Resort, or at the Green Viper 8. Or you can use the hashtag Topical Resort. Alternatively, you know, all of those work, really. Um, I reckon about that is good. Sorry, I don't have my hotkeys tonight. They're not working for some reason, so I have to manually adjust the volume, which means sometimes it'll be a bit too loud, a bit too quiet. So you will have to bear me with me on that one. But um, in case you've been living under the world's largest rock, uh, the same rock that, ironically, Carol is now living under, um, you wouldn't know, but you would know if you weren't living under the rock. This week's been E3 week, and um, yeah, it's everyone. Everyone uses the overused phrase. It's like Christmas, but for video games, and uh, I'm sort of sick of hearing that every year. In general, I'm quite sick of the the idea of E3. It's it's one big advert that um, people seem to just get way too excited over, and I say this to someone who gets way too excited over it, but. You always, I don't know, I just get sort of sick of seeing the epic gamer types on Twitter who have to review every pre press conference. That's the one word that annoys me. They're always like, well, guys, today we're going to be reviewing the Ubisoft press conference. And um, personally, I didn't like the adverts in this press like, If you don't like it, I don't, they don't care. It's an advert. It's not, it's not to make you happy. It's to advertise to you that this thing's coming out, not... Look, guys, we are gamers. Gamers trademark. We we game and play the video games. No, it just they're there to advertise to you. That's what I gradually become more and more cynical to that every year as it goes on. You get these people who get way too invested in it, and like I get it. It's cool when you, something you like gets announced, but uh, I thought the entire conference overall was but like it doesn't matter. It really does not matter. You didn't like. It's like going. Oh, I, uh, honestly wasn't a big fan of the TV adverts tonight, you know, during the middle of X TV show. I wasn't a big fan, so I'm going to give it a rating out of 10. I'm going to go a 30-minute in-depth Like, if it wasn't good, it wasn't good. You know, they didn't present good adverts the other day. That's how I feel about it. I, I, I think I'm being very overly cynical, and someone in the chat will feel free to tell me that, but that's just how I feel about it as the years go on. Like, you're, you're too invested in this. 
Don't look at the entire thing as a whole. Just look at it when something you like gets announced. It's like it's like seeing a tweet about it saying, look, this game's coming out. It's like that, but in advert form. Yeah, that's how I feel about it. Right, enough rambling about that. Anyway, uh, we had some other stuff to talk about, like the fact this episode's late. So let's discuss that again, because I haven't got sick of doing that over the past season. So... Um, it is Sunday night. This show is a Friday night show. Why the hell weren't you on on Friday night, Viper? Uh, I've explained this a few times, but I will go ahead and explain this for anyone on the podcast or anyone um, just generally not in the know. So, this week's been a very hectic week. It started off with me running about like a sort of headless chicken, desperately trying to get in paperwork for the upcoming job, which, woo, we've already discussed that. We don't need to go into it, but... um. Yeah, went to another brief uh, slash interview of sorts, that sort of thing, just to say, hey, do you exist? Are you a person? Yep, I am. Please, please bring me into your company. Okay, that's that's literally how it went. It was bar, bar for bar like that. Um, no deviations whatsoever. But there was that, and then I had to rush around to get a bunch of other paperwork, which would have already been really tiring on its own. Then there was some personal news, and the personal news sucked really badly, and I don't honestly want to talk about it. Some people know what it is, some people know what it is, and if you don't know what it is, then um, best you leave it. But yeah, it was quite a bit of a arrow. I was going to say blood to the chest, but I would just say arrow to the knee because it's gamer season, trademark. So it was a bit of an arrow to the knee, but um, yeah, I'm over it. Um, on top of that, the thing that was really the arrow to the knee this week was my hard drive. So, I woke up nice and early on Friday morning, playing some Shenmue, as you do, because um, it's Shenmue because it's gamer season, and um, we we definitely got to discuss that later on, but yeah, so I got up, played some Shenmue, had some breakfast, turned on my computer, because, oh right, I better start getting ready for tonight's show, because I haven't really had had much time to get ready, so I'll get ready um, Friday morning. Have a nice show ready for Friday night, and we'll talk about the Sega Channel. All life will all be good. And uh, I turn on my computer. I do some browsing for a bit. I do some uh, photo editing as well. Some some text editing while I'm at it for the show. And uh, then it just goes a bit pants because I was sort of in. In order to photo edit, you have to go in and out of your photos document quite a lot, or your photos folder quite a lot. So I did that. It was all fine until about ten o'clock. Then, then, um, I'm trying to think of a way around saying the word, I can't really, um, stuff hit the fan, basically, and at 10 o'clock, my files just started deleting themselves. All my photos, all my documents, a lot of my downloads, a couple of songs, and some stuff on my desktop, gone. They vanished out of nowhere. I never saw a dialogue to say I'd press delete, I didn't see them in my recycle bin, they, they just disappeared. They're gone. And they're still completely gone. I don't know what happened. I, I I have no clue. I, like, virus scanned. I did all this stuff. And eventually just, oh, stuff it. I'll download a recovery tool for the hard drive. Because, fun fact, um, a, life has, uh, a life has three stages. A file has three stages of life. One is once it's downloaded onto the computer and it's a file. The second is when you drag it to the recycling bin. The third is what happens after you drag it to the recycling bin, which is, it's still on your computer, just the links are removed. So it's still on the hard drive, just Windows can physically no longer see it or access it anymore, whatsoever. 
but through the use of hard drive recovery tools, you can get back your hard drive, or, you know, the contents of it. So I did that. And yeah, I did get quite, back quite a bit of stuff. What I did not get back, however, was stuff that was actually important, such as my stream layouts, a lot of Radio Sega documents, my CV, um, you know, important personal documents and import, important internet documents. Lost all my stream layouts. That was a big devastating one. Luckily, PT had them all to hand, so that wasn't a problem. Uh, yeah, lost all my Radio Sega art. So, all the stuff I've sort of got commissioned over the years, lost that. All the stuff I've made over the years, lost that. Um, and I, I didn't... I, I, yeah, I lost quite a lot of the important stuff. All the stuff that wasn't really important, I managed to recover. All the stuff that wasn't... All the stuff that was important is basically gone. It's vanished. It's disappeared. And, yeah, that was sort of the ultimate... Yikes, because that meant I lost quite a lot of my documents for the show, and yeah, that that doesn't go down too well with me. Luckily, in the end, I recovered the uh, the Trivia Coast document, which is the one which says what all your scores are and that sort of stuff. So I got that back. I'm just missing uh, quite a lot of other bits that I would have liked to have had, but eh, oh well. What can you do? Uh, be more careful, someone would say, but I am relatively careful with my files and I make backups. I just didn't have backups for like the past few months. Uh, so that sucks. Live does move on, but the problem with that was um, I'd sort of spent all day stressing over that and I was also very tired and I felt a bit ill on Friday. So that was all adding up and then by the time the recovery process was actually finished, it was like 9 o'clock, and the window to host a show had already passed, because it was 9 o'clock, so I just had, pretty much the entire day was occasionally coming to my computer to check that it was still recovering the files, and playing Shenmue while wrapped up in bed, <laughs> so it, it wasn't the most fun of days, but it also wasn't unfun either, I, I still enjoyed my day on Friday, but it was a very lazy one in a sense. I just couldn't muster up the energy to do anything. Losing all your stuff, all your sort of precious memories from the last five years on top of actually important stuff, that's very devastating, very mentally stressful and just mentally tiring. I, I, I've lost all my stuff and I've got to sit here for hours and try and get it back. Ah, screw this, I'm going to bed. It's <laughs> just that... That's sort of what happened, so that's why you didn't have a show on Friday. I do apologise for that, but that was a bit beyond my control more than usual. I hope you can understand that. Um, yeah, but otherwise, the show was actually completely on track to be hosted on Friday. Even if I was a bit tired, I would have still put in a lot of effort to try and make it not bad, but um, nope. You, you, compute, compute says no, so we weren't having that one. Um, but yeah, past week has been E3 week, and the first thing I'm going to ask you, um, before we get into the rest of the show is, what were your favourite reveals of E3, or were there any reveals that you enjoyed before or after E3? For example, I know, um, THQ, New THQ Nordic revealed three games, I was going to say quite a lot, but I think it's three. Three different games, um, in the week before E3, and quite a few other companies revealed their stuff before as well, just to try and kill it dead because um, a lot of companies are trying to move away from E3 and I can't really blame them for that. Um, it's a bit outdated but I also do still quite enjoy it when it goes right but 
Yeah, let me know if there was anything you, any announcements you enjoyed during the run-up, and, well, what was your favourite stuff during the event itself? I think that's what really matters here. And I'll read it out later in the show, but I'll also relay that one to Twitter and possibly some other places, just in case you missed it. But don't think that just because this is a slightly less maintenance than normal episode, don't be thinking that we don't have any Trivia Coast, because I can assure you, well and truly, that it's coming just around the corner. Um, yeah, right, this is where I would use the hotkeys, but the hotkeys aren't working. So it's coming just around the corner. Trivia Coast. And with that, welcome to the Trivia Coast, our weekly game show where points make points and, well, generally you can just flex your Sega education. And there's only one place to play this, radiose.ga forward slash discord, and you can only private message me the answer, I am Green Vibrate, hashtag 6383. Um, but, you, you probably already know that because I've already mentioned it, but you didn't know the tag, you didn't know the hashtag bit, so enter that in and that's how you can private message me if you're not already on our discord server if you are just right click my name and press send message and you send in your message so there are three questions one hard question one medium question and one easy question the hard being worth five points medium worth three easy worth one uh you are allowed to use google google is your friend but it should not be it should not be the key to your success rather a tool in your tool belt to help you get the answer so you're, uh, in most cases, you're not just going to be able to Google the answer and directly get it, with the exception of one case, I think. But um, we'll leave that to see whether you guys get it quickly or not. Um, and also, you can enter for any question at any time. So say I ask you the medium question, you can still continue to answer the hard question. And yeah, it's not very hard this week, I'm going to warn you that one, because they're all related to announcements, and I think... A lot of you are going to probably already know the announcement, so I don't think you'll have too much of a hard time with this one. And someone's going to say that I probably should switch around the hard question and the medium question, but the reason I put the hard question as the hard one is because it has multiple parts, unlike the medium one. So, um, you might miss some out. Best of luck. Either way, here comes the hard question, and I'll repeat it again, and I'll put it on Discord and Twitter if you missed it. The Mega Drive Mini will be hitting all four major regions instead of the usual three. What games are exclusive to the Asian version of the Mega Drive Mini? What games are exclusive to the Asian version of the Mega Drive Mini? Let me know your answers on Discord. You've got plenty of time. You've got um, plenty of resources as well to go ahead and search for that one. And while you do that, let's get into some music from our ever so limited music pool because there was only really four Sega things announced at E3. And one of them was Alien Isolation for Switch, and I love Alien Isolation, but um, it doesn't have music. It has ambient sounds disguised as a soundtrack, which is fine for a horror game, but it's not good as a listening soundtrack. So as such, I've neglected thing. I've neglected that soundtrack from the list, but you can request it if you want. Just I won't be playing any of it from my personal selection. So technically, that leaves me with three. So I've got to be a bit crafty of how I do this on my own terms. So I went with here, I went with a track from Panzer Dragoon, and then afterwards I went with a track from a game everyone was claiming we were going to see at E3, but we didn't, so uh, you're going to be enjoying that one in just a moment. But for now, here's the main theme from Panzer Dragoon, the orchestral complete version, and this is a topical resort, and this is Radio Sega, and it's the only show 
or you can keep it topical. Enjoy the music.
every Friday night. This is Topical Resort, only on Radio Sega. Request Resort. Send your request relating to the topic of the episode in a tweet to at Radio Sega or the Green Viper 8. Or send it in a Discord DM to Green Viper 8 through our Discord server at radiose.ga forward slash Discord. And we are back. This is the Topic Resort. This is Radio Sega. And that 
was Super Monkey Ball Banana Blitz and Space Case, the theme of World 7? I think it's 7. If not, it's one of the final worlds in the game, either way. But Jamie said in the chat room, uh, people thought Monkey Ball was going to make an appearance, and yeah, Monkey Ball was one of the highly rumoured games that was going to show up during the event, because during the past few weeks, Sega have been sort of hoarding Monkey Ball uh, uh, copyrights. There was one a few weeks back that we talked about on the show for a game that I can't remember the name of. There was another one at some point, I think, and then the last one that appeared was Super Monkey Ball Banana Blitz, as in the Wii game. They re they re-nabbed the trademark to that after nabbing the trademark for two unrelated games. So... Even if we didn't expect that specific Banana Blitz, I think people suspected something was up, that they'd nabbed three trade, two or three trademarks within the space of about two to three weeks. It was a bit fishy to some people, to where they thought, yeah, it's a shoo-in that we're going to get a Switch Monkey Ball, especially with sort of the... A, the gap, because I haven't made a new one since 2012 for the Vita, and B, it's been sort of highly requested. And I, I think um, we've sort of reached the point with Monkey Ball now where it's almost 20. In fact, I think it's 20 next year uh, if we're going by the release of the arcade game. So it's almost sort of the ample time where people are going to start to be like nostalgic for when the game first came out. It was Yeah, nostalgia doesn't take that long to roll around, but we're sort of getting to the point where... The game is decently old now. It's getting that retro status that it didn't have in previous years. Because why why in 2010 would you call a GameCube game retro? But it's sort of rolling back round to that now. And well, people are... <laughs> younger people are getting into it for the guys of it being a retro game. And the older people remember it as fond memories from their youth. Or, you know, when the game first came out. Whenever they got it. Fond memories of the past versus new people getting into it under the banner of it being an old game. We're sort of reaching that point for now. It is becoming a bit of a cult game and it's also becoming a bit of a popular in entering into the retro hall of fame almost. So it's, it's almost the perfect time to start using the franchise again because around 2012 they just released a string of bad games which obviously tanked the franchise's sales but on top of that, no one was really like strongly attached to the franchise back then. You don't what nowadays you see like these diehard fans for the first and second game and deluxe. You just didn't really at least I don't remember. Maybe it was different, but I never really remember seeing those sort of people around like in the in the early 2010s. It, it was just sort of, oh yeah, Monkey Ball was a game I played. Nowadays it's it's one of my favourite games ever. I've beaten it like hundreds of times and I've invested so many hours of love of Monkey Ball through all this sort of stuff you always hear. You never heard that before, so that's, I think, why this trademark hoarding had so much weight behind it, was because, well, it's rolled back round to being a favourite, rolled, yep, uh, it's rolled back round to being a favourite now, whereas it wasn't previously, it was just a launch title for the GameCube, now it's a very fondly remembered series, where it wasn't when they stopped making them. So it had a bit more weight to it than just someone saying, oh, look, they Sega bought the trademark for this thing. Really, they do that quite a lot. That doesn't mean they're making a new game. That just means they're buying trademarks. It doesn't mean anything major, but um, 
I don't know. It just, it just felt different this time around. I, I wasn't going to sit there crying if it wasn't announced, which it wasn't. But hey, it wasn't announced. And I, said, I obviously says, due to the name, loved it since midnight release day. I mean, there's a lot of people like that. It's just the fondness has grown over the years because that's sort of what time does. You become more fond of something as time goes on, especially if you have it taken away from you, as has happened with the franchise. It just, it just seems perfect. The perfect storm of the fans are getting back into it around now. and um, This wouldn't have had an influence if they were to make a game, but rolled out that um, new game coming out that is basically a Monkey Ball clone, which isn't something you've really seen before. A lot of games... Well, Monkey Ball in itself is like a continuation of those sort of marble games, like Marble Madness. But you always see clones of them. You never see clones of Monkey Ball. Rolled Out is exactly that. It is meant to be a love letter to the series that just doesn't feature the same characters. I imagine that, you know, if if they started working on it today, I think that would have a bit of an influence. If they already started working on it, it's not necessarily going to say, oh, we need to make a new one now, but it's going to say, oh, we're like four months into this project and suddenly there's an influx of new fans or an influx of fans we didn't know existed. That's going to spur us on to continue the project, right? I think so. Anyway, before that, from Pan's Dragoon, that was the main theme, the complete orchestral version, because we, we talked there for quite a while, but I don't care, I enjoy talking and rambling on this show about my insane game theories, but indeed, that is just a theory. Pan's Dragoon, um, those of you who didn't catch it, was announced back in December, actually on the same day that the first poster for the Sonic movie came out, and... Uh, Gavi said it perfectly on the Winterfest episode that he recorded that day, because we recorded... I say we. He recorded the Winterfest episode on the day they dropped the Sonic poster and the Panzer Dragoon announcement. And... Um, I was there sort of to over what, uh, oversee the recording. And he had a really nice discussion about it that did actually make it into the podcast, which was along the lines of... We barely know anything about the Sonic poster and the movie... Yet the movie is already confirmed to be terrible by everyone, just simply because they don't like a poster. But we've only seen text of the Panzer Dragoon remake, and yet it's confirmed to be the best thing ever. Nothing's going to change that. That's what he said back in December, and I had to thoroughly agree with that, because I didn't exactly like what I saw of the poster for for that film at all. But, you know, admittedly, yeah, that is still a bit more than just seeing a bit of text saying we're making a game. But that sort of proves it all. The fact that we're equally unin the know about these two things, and yet Panzer Dragoon we know less about, and it's already conceived as being the best thing since sliced bread. I understand it has a good base game underneath it, but the Sonic movie has a good franchise underneath it, and yet that's automatically bad. And now we've seen more, you know, I'm not going to be on the full-fledged hate train. Now we've seen more that's justified, but back then all we'd seen is a shadow of an image. Yeah, that was a very valid point that no one was really making. And, well, we've seen Panzer Dragoon footage now, and... Yeah, I'm obviously going a bit back on that one, because Panzer Dragoon looks brilliant, but I still do agree with what both of us sort of said at the time. So, the gameplay was shown at Nintendo's E3 conference, uh, which was on Tuesday. And it was just a brief trailer, but... It started off with the classic Panzer Dragoon horns, and that... Immediately, once I heard the first note, I went... We're in for it. We're in for Panzer Dragoon. I was uh, 
instantly very excited by that one. And the the footage does look really nice. Um, a lot of hardcore fans of the series are saying, oh, this very specific detail is off, this, this and that. But generally, the response I've seen has been very positive. It's a faithful game that changes what it needs to. And what there was a nice thread by the developers on Twitter, which, uh, speak, by the way, shout out to the devs. They're really... Really talkative on Twitter. They um they they've been retweeting our own stuff quite a lot, and same on Facebook and Instagram. They I think they followed us on both of them. So shout outs to uh, Forever Entertainment who are making the game. But they had a brilliant thread on one of the developers' Twitters, which was um just sort of comforting the fans. And yeah, we are actually huge fans of this series. That's why we're doing this remake. But one of them that I saw, which was the one I want to bring up, is um they made the point. Fans are saying that the original Panzer Dragoon, um, from an artistic standpoint, looks better because you're just flying over this empty, empty ocean. There's nothing there, just you and your enemies. There's no scenery, there's no sort of um, objects in the sky, it's just the clouds, the sea, you, and all the people you're shooting down. And the devs brought the counter-argument to this, because that's not how it looks in the remake. And they said, well, yeah, we certainly do love this look. And, um, well, it's w one very indicative... Uh, I can't say that, whatever. Um, it, you know, it, it very clearly from the time, from 97, 98, that sort of period, where you couldn't render too much stuff on the screen at the time. So as a result, you had to make empty backgrounds, or um, you purposely had to make things empty, and... Well, that's an art. It's both an artistic choice and a development choice, but the way the actual game looks is the artistic choice, and that's how they chose to get around their limitations by making it look purposefully empty, not just, oh, empty because we ran out of polygons. And, um, yep, Electric has just answered the question in the main chat room. Um, uh, che cheers for that one, Electric. <laughs> For God's sake. Uh, does everyone get five points now? I guess everyone gets five points. Uh, woo, you you get five points. Hooray. Um, yeah. So, uh, they instead chose to just have a really sort of hectic background and scenery and a bunch of enemies flying at you, which they just justified as, well, as much as we love to mirror the original vision, gamers today, gamers today aren't going to understand that, because we're not just eight... Not just aiming this franchise at Panzer Dragoon, or not franchise, we're not aiming this remake at Panzer Dragoon fans, but we're aiming it at Panzer Dragoon fans and everyone. Therefore, we chose to make. Um, what am I trying to say? Um, <laughs> therefore, we chose to make. I'm getting thrown off, sorry. I <laughs> didn't mean it electric, but um, oh well. Yeah, they, they personally sort of chose to go with the hectic scenery because they just want they want everyone to be into this game because more more people playing it equals more new fans of the series. More new fans of the series equals more sales and you get where this is going. They want to continue these remakes. They haven't actively said, Guys, we're making Panzer Dragoon Saga right now. No, they haven't said that. They're just saying... We want to continue the series, therefore we're going to make changes which we don't think are too impactful, but we think the general gaming audience will enjoy, therefore bringing more of them on, and yeah, just generally, the changes they are making are to make sure that they can make some more remakes and some more games in the franchise in the future, which I think is a brilliant idea. Really good idea. 
That's, that's at least how I look at it. But um, the common thing you see is, oh, they just aren't remaking Saga because they don't have the source code, which um, is a blatant lie. They actually have the source code. Because if you haven't, have you ever noticed with that, ah, oh, they lost the source code to Panzer Dragoon Saga? There's never any evidence. It's it's just a Chinese whisper. I've never seen a source to say they've lost the source code. I've seen it more in favour of the fact that they haven't lost the source code. They just don't want to remake it. I've heard it from a few Sega employees. I've heard it from the people who made the game who said, "Oh, well, we had." A, they said on one of the dev conferences they did, "Oh, we had a look around and we found some stuff which you may think is exciting." Meaning. Yeah, the source code wasn't lost. We just didn't have it. But, yeah, there we go. We're going to continue with the rumour that, oh, they lost the source. Therefore, that's why we're never going to get a remake. No, they're just not remaking it because they don't want to. Because maybe it's because the game was a commercial failure. Partly because it didn't have any widestream appeal. What makes you suddenly think that remaking it is is going to get it, net it like 5 million sales? It's not going to happen. It's still not going to sell very well if they do it, unless they take this route. The route that they're currently taking, which is lure new fans into the series by making changes which make it more beginner friendly, more friendly in general to the audience who like fantasy games. Lure them in, Panzer Dragoon Saga Remake. Not just, oh, we're going to make it because one guy on Twitter asked us to. That's not how they're going to do it. That's not really how they're ever going to do it. you got to think big on this one. Yeah, exactly. As Jamie said as well, Square lost the source code to Final Fantasy VII. But yet they're remaking Final Fantasy VII. So, the, the, oh, that's why they're not doing it. They lost the source code argument. is isn't a good one, but at the same time... Don't use that to say, oh, well, if Square can remake Final Fantasy VII, so so can, um, so can, uh, Panzer Dragoon Saga and Forever Entertainment. The thing that everyone suddenly leaped onto as well was the fact they said that they're not using the original source code, which is, yeah, that's how a remake works. That, that is exactly how a remake works. Well done. You, you figured it out. So everyone suddenly went, wait. If they don't have the source code, that means they can remake Panzer Dragoon Saga. Oh my god, they can remake Panzer Dragoon Saga. Oh, oh yeah, you're right. You did say eight. You did say eight. Um, I can't read tonight. But yeah, oh my god, they're gonna remake Panzer Dragoon Saga because they didn't have the source code for two. Once again, first of all, they haven't lost the source code. Second of all, that's how remakes work. You don't use the source code except in very situational circumstances. Because what is the point of a remake? You make the game over again. That is what the term re means. You do something again. It probably has a more exact definition. But you, what I'm going for here is you make the game again. You don't go, oh, we got the code here. We'll just stick some fancy graphics on it and call it a day. That's not a remake. That's a remaster. <laughs> There's a difference. But yeah, so in conclusion, the Panzer Dragoon franchise, um, it could go places. Panzer Dragoon fanbase uh, probably won't go places. Um, that, that requires some mental capacity, to be honest. Which I'm not, I'm not sure if that's uh, getting out there quite yet, but it, it exists. Um, and the other thing I wanted to talk about during this block, uh, which I actually admittedly don't have that much to talk about, is Mario and Sonic 2020. Which wasn't revealed here, that was revealed at Sega Fairs 2019. 
But uh, Mario and Sonic 2020 finally had some gameplay shown, and um, yeah, we're all scarred for life. The first scarring thing was um, shirtless Eggman. Um, I need bleach for my eyes, to be honest. That was not something I ever wanted to see. Um, then there was the like the controversy. I say controversy. The, the controversy on Twitter. The, the fact that um, for some reason. Sega added a mechanic where characters can take off their shoes during swimming. That was really controversial for some reason. Um, so Twitter kicked off about that, and as a result, that that spawned that spawned a um, bunch of creepy comments, just like the shirtless Eggman thing did. And the final creepy um, thing that happened was they revealed the fact that um, Sonic and friends can wear leather, and the fan art and uh, yeah, the the lewd fan art started up of. Um, Sonic wearing leather because apparently there's a lot more people attracted to him on the internet than I uh, suspected there were. So, yeah, I'm I'm thoroughly scarred by this trailer for a game about sports. It's a game about sports. How have you, <laughs> how have you made it this dirty? Oh, you disgust me, people. Get out my sight. And while you do that, uh, why don't we head on over once again to the trivia coast. Coast. Right, now that I've given it like five seconds to think over it, um, I think it's even worse than I possibly thought it was last time around. Um, yeah, please, please never draw that. Especially when it's in comparison to the Olympics. Like, don't, do not tarnish the name of the Olympics with, with your absolute dirt. And uh, that's the stance I'm going for here. Anyway, we're back at the Trivia Coast, and a lot of you guys got the answer to the last one, because it wasn't actually all that difficult. Whereas this one could potentially be a bit more time-consuming. Medium question. With Alien Isolation coming to the Switch, it's important to remember that it's had a lot of content and re-releases since the initial launch five years ago. And we're yet to find out whether this release will include all of the DLC packs, or any of them for that matter. On what day did the Trauma DLC pack release? So on what day did Alien Isolation's trauma pack known or uh, DLC pack known as Trauma release? Since I um, completely butchered that, I will go again. On what day did Alien Isolation's Trauma DLC pack release? Let me know on Discord or, uh, or yeah, only on Discord, but you can read the question on multiple other places. While we do that, we're going to get into some of your requests, which we still have time for, and you can go for any any Sega track because. I can't be bothered telling you guys that you can only request from four games because you, you'll find a way to get around that limit anyway. So um, in the meantime, while I let while I um, take taking your answers, we're going to get into your requests. And the first one is a track requested by II1980, and I don't know if it's the right one yet, but it is the same track name. And what I mean by this is he requested a specific version of this track, and I don't know if it is this specific version. We'll find out from Yakuza 6, also known as Real Gagotoku 6. This is the full spec edition of Like a Butterfly, and this is Top Resort right here on Radio Sega. Request Resorts. Oh, 
we are back. That was your request, and specifically that one there was from Sega Soccer Slam, and that was known as Mellow Training, requested by none other than Electric Boogaloo. Before that, from Echo the Dolphin, the Mega CD version, that was the title screen requested by Jamie64326. Before that again, from Cool Riders, that was Lightning, a little good, and that was requested by none other than Electric Boogaloo again. For that, my request from Tetris Giant, also known as Tetris Decaris, that was Friendship Try Again, and I actually looked it up during the music break, because I was really curious as to what Decaris means. Apparently it means nothing, it doesn't have a meaning, um, it, it's just a, from what I can tell, it's, what am I trying to say here, uh, I can't think of the correct, that's it. From what I can tell, it's an onomatopoeia of how the Japanese say Tetris. Dekadis. Oh, close to that, but that's what I'm sort of inferring from it, because it has no meaning in English, it has no meaning in Japanese. Um, apparently Dekari is a name, but I'm not really sure. But either way, I don't think it actually has a meaning. Um, I, I tried to figure that out during the music break, but uh, the reason I did that is that was my request, and that's because Tetris Giant is one of my absolute favourite soundtracks. It's really up there. I think it's probably top five tier, honestly. Which uh, I don't, I don't think I've ever really talked about that. It surprises a lot of people. It's just such a nice, uplifting soundtrack. It's one of those soundtracks that you can put on, just sort of forget about everything, have a nice sing along to, just nice and cheery. There's, there's not a bad vibe inside. Just very upbeat. And it also helps, it's a very cheap soundtrack in uh, the grand scheme of things. I'm eventually going to pick up a copy because it's only about £15 to import it from Japan, which for an incredibly obscure arcade game and a pretty obscure soundtrack at that, it surprises me that it's so cheap. But yeah, I'm going to pick that up at some point because I quite regularly sort of open up YouTube and listen to that on the go. Whenever you need that boost, whenever you just want some generally cheery music, that's always one of my go-tos, and specifically their Friendship Try Again. Just nice and uplifting. For that, an awesome track from Yakuza 6, requested by Iron1980, that was Like a Butterfly, the full spec edition, which wasn't the one he wanted, for those of you who were on the edge of your seats about that one, but um, he got it anyway, and actually he said it's better than the one he wanted, so in a way, we all got, we all got uh, what we requested there in that block, unless you didn't request, in which case you didn't get what you wanted, so um, tough luck to you, I guess, I think, maybe, I don't know, uh, you've already brought up what I was going to bring up in the chat, yeah, but it's time to talk Shenmue, <laughs> because of course it's time to switch and talk about Shenmue, um, so, um, I'm trying to read, I'm trying to read through what it's saying as well, because you're talking about you're talking about the Mega Drive Mini and a game which may or may not be exclusive to Asia but uh, eh. oh okay that makes sense I can't really go into too much detail because it gives away part of the part of the um, trivia coast so I'm not gonna do that but Shenmue um, so a new trailer was shown at the PC gamer conference and we pretty much knew this we knew Yu Suzuki was at E3 so we were suspecting something was up in regards to Shenmue and yet it was revealed beforehand and then we were still shocked when he came on stage anyway woo it's you but uh, yeah he announced a brand new Shenmue 3 trailer which actually we'd already seen a variant of because it started appear appearing in some Walmarts in America on their PS4 demo units 
the trailers started appearing on them, but it was a variant of that trailer. There were some differences, but a lot of the footage we had already seen through the kiosks. But it, it was a very good trailer, but um, it went from being the world's best trailer to um, epic exclusive. Uh, so, what happened was uh, Shenmue 3 was bought out on PC as an exclusive to the Epic's ga Epic Games launcher. Ah! I forgot to loop the music! <laughs> it scared the life out of me. It's just way louder on me than it is for you guys. Uh, ignoring that. Um, so it's not the trivia coast. What it is instead is talking about Epic. So if you have no clue what the Epic Game Store is, imagine Steam but Fortnite. And that's literally about it. Uh, so the Epic Games Launcher is another PC game store, except people really don't like it and sometimes it's justified. Most of the time I just think it's, where's my beloved Steam? You're not giving me my Steam, where is it? Generally, it's, it's how I feel people view the Epic Games Store. Uh, I've got into massive rants about this before because apparently I'm a sheep for not thinking Epic is bad. Surely it's a sheep to go along with the popular opinion, not the opinion of... Yeah, Epic has flaws, but you're overestimating it a bit. So in the case of Shenmue, I don't think it's the well greatest thing, but it's brought up the usual arguments, which is... Eh, the Epic Game Launcher has spyware. Eh. I've never seen any bases for it being spyware. None. I've I've not. <laughs> Everyone always says, "Oh, the Epic Game Store spies on you, and it's filled with viruses." Source it. If it has viruses and it spies on you, source it. Because I saw a brilliant post which Brit would laugh at me at because uh, it's not accurate. But what I I saw I saw a post that someone linked to me, which was. You claim to be this massive security expert, yet you use Facebook. Which is true. Don't ever claim to care about being spied on and security if you have a Facebook account. Or if you have a Discord. Or if you have any social media, because spoilers, they also track you. Just like Epic does. But apparently that's not a real claim, because you shouldn't use a computer if you care about privacy. Partly, that is partly true. But I always hate this. It's always the, suddenly the experts pop out the woodworks of the security experts are here, everyone. They're here to tell us that Epic Games are spying on us. Well, that's good. Thankfully, Discord has no spying on it whatsoever. But you like Discord because Discord's the popular platform, the one that all your friends are on. Therefore, you don't have a reason to dislike Discord. Therefore, you couldn't care less that it's spying on you. Epic Games epic bad because they're second place therefore and they steal exclusives which eh, I'm a bit eh on that but epic games bags they steal exclusives therefore they spy on me that's bad but the companies that I like that spy on me that's okay they're, they're allowed to spy on me all they like it's really nonsensical argument that's always the one I see as to why you shouldn't support epic a lot of a lot of sites spy on you that's nothing new just you choose to ignore it Facebook's cookies are really bad for spying on you. They look at every site you visit to personalise your ads. So you're more likely to click on the ads, which then starts the cycle again. Don't claim to care about security and be a massive hypocrite about it. I've never claimed to care about security. Therefore, I use Discord. <laughs> you know? 
it's stupid. It's really stupid to me that these people pop out the woodworks every time Epic is mentioned. I do, however, agree with the general Shenmue arguments, which is this is bad for consumers because consumers were promised a Steam key. Yep, that is pretty bad. It's also quite bad because um, it's going to be exclusive to Epic for a year. Fair enough, I can see why people would dislike that. But generally, I just don't get the hatred for the service as a whole. People don't... Even outside of the whole buying up exclusives things that is quite unethical, people just really hate the store. And I, I get the exclusives thing. I just don't get the general sort of this thing bad because I don't like Fortnite. That's, that's really a lot of arguments I see online. But yeah, Shenmue being, being yoinked from Steam. Super bad thing. Super horrible. Super scummy. But I don't know. I just think people to just take it too far of Epic. In this case, this is more Deep Silver's fault than anyone else. Uh, the phrase I keep seeing is, oh, Yu Suzuki wanted money because it said that Deep Silver and YSNet came to a mutual agreement. You are aware the word mutual, or the term mutual agreement just means both people said yes. If someone held a gun to my head and said, please say that Jamie is going to win this week's Trivia Coast, and I said it, that is a mutual agreement. For all you know, Deep Silver could have gone, well, if you don't, if you don't make it an Epic exclusive, we're pulling our publishing. So why isn't it say yes, because funnily enough they don't want their publishing pulled. We've come to a mutual agreement. That's how it works. Mutual agreements just mean both people said yes. That doesn't mean YSNet particularly wanted it, dude. It, you know, Deep Silver could have pocketed all the cash for themselves, but because YSNet don't really want to be without... YSNet don't really want to be without a publisher for, um, for Shenmue 3, they're sort of forced to stick with Deep Silver grasping at money. So I wouldn't entirely blame this on Yu Suzuki being greedy for wanting to make a video game. I think it's more Deep Silver forced them into a contract and then forced them to stay in the contract through force. So if anyone's to blame here, I wouldn't necessarily first of all pin it on New Suzuki unless some more news comes out, in which case, yeah, he might be guilty. We don't really know. Deep Silver, screw you. We have evidence to suggest that you've done it because you did it with Metro, as Jamie just mentioned, and you'll likely do it in the future. Thank you, Deep Silver. You, you've, you've ruined a number of Sega games. Just in general, whenever I see... Whenever I see that Sega can't be bothered to publish something themselves in Europe and uh, Deep Silver are publishing it, I, I normally let out a fairly sizable moan. Um, and, you, you know, people are going to say not the good, not the good kind. No. Um, because every time they do something, it's just a generally cheaper package. The one that springs to mind is really petty. Petty like I'm complaining against, but um, Poo Poo Tetris. Poo Poo Tetris was a really nice, um, well, really good game, yeah, but in Japan it, it was it had a pretty good release. It was released on a bunch of consoles. Deep Silver um, stepped in for the European release. They didn't step in for the American release. And the European release was noticeably worse <laughs> than the uh, American release. It didn't have a manual. It didn't have any inserts. The American release had a uh, reversible cover, or at the very least it had, you know, art inside the box. The European one had a health and safety warning inside the box. No manual, no 
flyer saying check the e-manual, a health and safety thing, no paper whatsoever, just the game cartridge, a health and safety warning on the back of the cover art, and a box. That seems like really petty, yes, but I'm, pray I'm paying the same price, if not more, thanks to Brexit, that Americans are paying, and yet I'm getting, I'm getting a noticeably worse product. Like, how much would it really have costed you to put a couple of POs on the back of an art card and call it a day? On the back of the cover art, sorry. You know, you've already printed one side of the cover art. It's not going to be too much more ink to print the second side. You did it for America, which is a much bigger market. Why'd you not do it for us? But generally, just every time they release a Sega game over here in Europe, it's just noticeably worse than in Japan and in America. So, I was... I, at the time Shenmue 3 was announced for Deep Silver, I didn't take too much of an issue because I didn't really know too much about Deep Silver. Now it's just a horrible idea around. I, I can't get behind it at all. I No, Deep Silver are ruining Shenmue 3, I feel. I feel this is their decision. Their decision has completely killed buyer's trust in the game. They will, They likely had a big hand in selecting the new November release date. And November is a really bad time to release the game when you've got uh, a bunch of AAA games coming out that month. And when you're trying to appeal to a general market, which Shenmue is, it's not going to win. Shenmue is not going to win the general appeal. Therefore, they're, they're not going to get the sales of the general public. They're going to get the sales of hardcore fans. And wouldn't you know it, it's not going to sell well. We're not going to get a fourth game. So, thank you, Deep Silver. Thank you for screwing the franchise again for the second time Shenmue is going to die. Brilliant. Thank you. Um, that's really all I have to talk about here, though, uh, in this segment. I do sort of need to get a move on, because Rexy is up after me. So I do need to shimmy along a bit, but yeah. Uh, I'm going to read what you have to say briefly about Shenmue 3, but not too much. Um, because... Because I really do need to move on, but... Actually, I'll, I'll, leave, this, I'll leave this until um, just before the Toppy Mix, which is in... Uh, just after the next bed, so we're gonna have a music break, then we're gonna have a bed, then we're gonna have some more music, then we will talk about your responses to Shenmue 3 and also your favourite E3 moments. So get those in once again on Discord or on Twitter if you haven't done already. Just tell me your favourite E3 moments or announcements. And while we do that, let's head on over into the final round of the Trivia Coast. Trivia Coast. So, you may recall, last time I asked you the medium question, which was, what were, uh, on what day did Alien Isolation's Trauma DLC pack release? A couple of you got the answer. And then the hard question was, what games were exclusive to the Asian version of the Mega Drive Mini? Now, the easy question playing for one point, you can only play by private messaging me on Discord. Marion Sonic at the Olympic Games was a huge seller for Sega, and one of the best-selling games on the Wii. In what year was the game released? So in what year was Marion Sonic at the Olympic Games for the Wii released? Let me know your answer on Discord, and while you do that, it's time for a Shenmue block of music, and we've got two brilliant tracks. I've been playing the game recently, so I can pick some more, slightly more deep-cut tracks than I normally would. I'd hope so, at least. It doesn't really get too deep cut when it comes to Shenmue, because a lot of people know it, but you get the point here. And this is a track that you normally don't get to hear the full version of in the game, but if you listen to the soundtrack, that's completely different, and it's a brilliant song 
from Shenmue 1, this is Nightfall, right here on Radio Sega.
entries for the Trivia Coast are now closed. Trivia Coast. Jamie barely got his answer in, which makes me a little bit mad, because I was sort of hoping we could cap him out of those 100 points tonight, but did we manage to do it? That's the question, people. We'll find out in just a second, after I tell you what you heard. When you heard a track from Shenmue, that was the Harbour Lounge, the theme of, well, funnily enough, the Harbour Lounge. That you, uh, when you, when you go to the Harbour, later on on disc two, and you go to your job, you quite regularly go to the Harbour Lounge. And just generally lounge around, and that's the theme you hear when you go to the Harbour Lounge. For that, from Shenmue, that was Nightfall, the theme that you hear when night falls. So when you're playing the game, and it's daytime, and then it starts to roll around to night. When night falls, that's when you hear the theme, known as night falls. But we are back here. It is time to see what answers you gave me, what points you got, and Jamie, you didn't get 100 points last last time around because, because, I'm getting to it but I can't think of the words, because we've never counted, we've never counted prize giveaways towards the proper total, that has never been a thing, someone will say, hey, you've made that rule up, it was never a thing for the Winterfest episodes, therefore it's not a thing now, you didn't get 100 points last time, but did you get them today? Ooh, the suspense. Yeah, he did. Before before we get into the main points totals, I want to say something, but I've forgotten what it was, so um, let's just get into the points totals. <laughs> so, the easy question was, Mario and Sonic of the Olympic Games were a huge seller for Sega, and one of the best-selling games for the Wii. In what year was it released? I was sort of hoping to trip you up for multiple reasons. The first reason being... It was the Beijing Olympics, which took place in 2008. The second reason was that the DS version was released in 2008, so I was sort of hoping people would trip up and go 2008, but for some reason they actually had to Google the answer to the question. It's the easy question, you shouldn't have to do that. It was 2007. Congratulations to Electric Boogaloo and Jamie for getting the one point, both of you there. Does that mean, does that mean Jamie got his points? Let's find out. The medium question. With Alien Isolation coming to Switch, it's important to remember that it had a lot of content and re-releases since the initial launch five years ago, and we have to find out whether this release will include any or all of the DLC packs whatsoever. On what day did the Trauma DLC pack release? The answer, 2nd of December 2014. Congratulations to Jamie, Electric Boogaloo, and Supersonic Swag for getting three points there. But did Jamie get the required points to get his 100? The hard question was, the Mega Drive Mini will be hitting in four major regions instead of the usual three. What games are exclusive to the Asian version of the Mega Drive Mini? Electric's gonna be really pedantic about this one even though he spoiled the answer. The answer, Alien Soldier, a game that will certainly please Eclipse. Puyo Puyo, we'll get back round to that one in a second. Outrun 2019, Shining Force 2, which really surprises me because that, that always comes up as everyone's favourite JRPG or just RPG in general on the console, and yet it's exclusive to China and Hong Kong. It's not even in Japan. And finally, Sword of a Million. But 
Puyo Puyo is a debatable one because the Mega Drive Mini has a region switch built right into it. You can't you can't get games from other regions that you didn't get in your own. However, you can switch the region of the game to. Uh, so I could switch Castle of Illusion to the Japanese version if I had the European Mega Drive Mini, but if I had the Japanese Mega Drive Mini, I couldn't switch to European mode and get Castle of Illusion. The point I'm trying to get at here is the European version of... Or the European and US versions of the Mega Drive Mini have um, have Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. The Japanese version has Puyo Puyo 2, and the Asian version has Puyo Puyo 1. Now, people were thinking that Puyo Puyo 1 was an exclusive to the Asian version. However, it was revealed that if you region switch on European or US consoles, Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine will region switch to Puyo Puyo 1. So, it's technically not an exclusive. I'm counting it as an exclusive, but even if I didn't, well, you all got the other answers right anyway, so... Congratulations to... Um, Supersonic Swag, Electric Boogaloo, and James64326. I don't think anyone else got them. And, well, let's just say, Jamie right now... I'm trying to count in my head. He's got 108 points. Can I count? Actually, I don't think I can count. I haven't counted that right. I've, I've not counted that right, have I? Oh, wait, no, I have. Uh, yeah, 108 points. Well, well done. I'm trying not to max the mic out. You did, you did good, Sam. You did good. Um, aside from that, Electric Boogaloo is on 133 overall points, and Supersonic Swag is on 14. And as for the rest of you, why didn't you play? And if you didn't, there's always a next week here on the Trivia Coast. So come and have a play on another topic if you think you're going to be much better at it. But while well, you, well, you do that, while well, you think about whether you're going to play next week in a week from now, except not a week from now, only a few days, because spoilers, next show is going to hopefully be on Friday, unless something comes up again, which it could, because I'm a very busy person. Um, yeah, have a, have a play next week if you think you perhaps you know something about the topic if you just weren't feeling comfortable this week. No problems. There's plenty more plays we had here on the Trivia Coast. But here on the Topical Resort, things are a little bit different. We're going get it, to get it, get it into a music block from the Mario & Sonic series. Kicking things off with a track from that game released in 2007 and not in 2008. And this is the gymnastics theme. Specific, oh, no, this is the trampoline theme, which is a gymnastic sport. It's the trampoline music right here on the Topical Resort.
missed an episode and want to catch up? Want to re-educate yourself on the topic of a previous show? Download our podcast from the Radio Sega Media section. Subscribe to us on iTunes or stream the show through Stitcher. Hey, we're going to speed through some of your comments because we don't really have all that much time. So, you just heard a track there from Marion Sonic at the London 2012 Olympic Games. That was Dream Spacewalk, a remix of Sky Station from Super Mario Galaxy 2, a game we had a thorough chat about in the chat room. It's better than the first one, but I said, personally, it's like comparing a 9 out of 10 to an 8.5 out of 10. They're still both really damn good. Some of my favourite games ever. Mario Galaxy 2, I'd probably put up there as like the second place of favourite game ever. Mario Galaxy 1, probably in the top 10, honestly. Love Mario Galaxy, both both of them. Don't think I, I really like Odyssey as well, but no, nowhere near up there in comparison to those two incredible games. For that, from Mario Sonic at the Olympic Games, that was gymnastics, the trampoline theme from the Wii version. Because we played the DS version of the show before, but it misses some sections. And on top of that, it, it misses quite a lot of stuff, and it just generally sounds a lot worse than the Wii version. So that's why I played the Wii version. Anyway, um, in response to the Shenmue 3 thing, I asked you that on Twitter and I asked you on Discord. On Discord, on, sorry, on Twitter I got from uh, Zappa or Xappa 444-54864. You're just trying to waste my time with that name because I don't have a deadline here. It's it's BS. Just stupid that a, co- a corporation would go back on their backers and or announce something that was never said and or promised even in the first place. And uh, they corrected by saying, Corporation, thanks mobile keyboard automatic machine that I hate. And then, all caps, thanks to Twitter for not adding an edit button as of now. So, in conclusion, um, I think Zappa's very angry. Uh, Maybe something's just going on in life, I'm not really sure, but yeah, I I agree with the sentiment. And uh, Melton, our good old friend Melton, says they should either put it up on Steam or allow refunds. Simple as that. That's what you said on Discord, the general thing I got was it's bad. It's true, it is it is quite bad. I'm going to scroll up and see specifically what you said, though, because I did miss that. Um, There's quite a lot of stuff you've been saying in the meantime. I, I, I sort of had it in my head that you weren't really talking all that much while I was away. Uh, Madakuchi-san says, I appreciate that Epic Games Store give money to other devs, but, like, I hate I hate it for that reason. It's just adding to the mess of game stores. Kind of like how Disney Plus adds to the mess of streaming services. Uh, I just says, I wish Sega had its own launcher and one for Capcom. We don't really need more launchers, but I, I'd, I'd, I'd use a Sega launcher, to be honest. Um, let's scroll up further. My Discord is really slow today. Discord is such... Such honestly, just a crappy bit of software at times. It's ultra bloated. It uses all my CPU for no reason other than it just likes to. Um, I'm still scrolling up, and uh, I, I wasted that time just to tell you that no, no, nothing else is really said. In response to what were your favourite E3 moments? Uh, Jamie says that he personally looked quite like Freedom Planet being announced at Limited Run Games. I like the fact that they announced Hover for limited run. I don't like Hover. I like the fact they announced Hover. I went on a massive rant on that on my live stream um, on Monday night, which I think people enjoyed. That's why I don't like Hover whatsoever. Pants game, it's so bad, but it was hyped on the fact that it was Jet Set Radio and it wasn't Jet Set Radio at all. 
Um, Jamie said his favourite um, reveal was Banjo. Yeah, it was probably a lot of people's, myself included. Panzer Dragoon was pretty cool as well. Generally, I quite liked a lot of Microsoft. Um, if it wasn't Banjo, then it was Fantasy Star Online 2 for me. We haven't talked about Fantasy Star Online, barely. Good reveal. Been waiting so long for it. I think you know what I have to say about it. Brilliant game. Going to be picking it up probably on Xbox, to be honest, because um, the PC version I imagine here will be UWP, which means um, through the Windows 10 store rather than just being an EXE you can download, which... Which, if you know anything about UWP games, like Minecraft, the new Minecraft, for example, they're really badly optimised and they refuse to run on quite a lot of computers. Um, you have to do some workarounds to get them to work even remotely smoothly. And uh, I have to do that for Minecraft. I can get it to work, but it's just a lot of a workaround. That I don't really want to have to do when I can just play the game on Xbox, so I'm going to probably get it on Xbox. But there was the announcement this week as well that it's planned to come to all consoles. So, Switch, PS4, and um, I think potentially potentially Vita are still on the cards, uh, even here in the West. But one thing is, yeah, we're still not getting in Europe yet. But everyone's going to say, but Viper, how are you going to play it? Because it's not coming to Europe. Spoilers! VPNs exist! I've been saying spoilers a lot tonight, but there are a lot of spoilers I've got to get out of the way. VPNs exist. And um, people have been using VPNs for years on... PSO2 in Japan, so we're going to do it on the American servers as well. Unless they announce uh, the European version, which is possible. It's just, I think they didn't announce it for the UK, because then it requires them to translate it for all other regions. Which they don't really want to do. But I think they would at some point, just... I, it won't come out at the same time. And that's my theory. It will come out in everywhere else. Just, it will take longer for Europe. Because, hey, multiple language support is a thing. Anyway, it's time for the Toppy Mix. We're going to get into a track from Shenmue 3. Yep, we've already got a track available from the game. And then it's not technically new to the play playlist, but it's new to my computer. <laughs> I just really wanted an excuse to play it. I was going to play some other tracks, but I couldn't get them ready in time. Some stuff that I've been preparing for the playlist that you guys have been requesting over on the Radio Sega Google Doc. But I couldn't get them ready in time, so instead I'm going to have you a track from Yakuza Kiwami 2. But first of all, it's the Shenmue 3 track, and it's the theme used in a recent trailer, because we had the E3 trailer, and then we had the pre-order trailer, and it's coming up in just a second on the Toppy Mix, on the Topical Resort, and it's the final music break before Sega Mix Drive and before the end of the show. Oh no! Boo-hoo. Music time, I think. I'm dragging this out for way longer than it needs to be dragged out for. Music. Get scratching. The Toppy Mix.
That snazzy music can only mean one thing. It's the end of this week's Topical Resort, and that was a track from Yakuza Kiwami 2, known as Have Some Fun For Me, the theme of the cabaret minigames. Before that, from Shenmue 3, that was the pre-order theme, which Jamie asked, is it really called the pre-order theme? No, it's obviously not called the pre-order theme. Just, no one knows the actual name of the track. It's a remix of um, well, the Shenmue theme. Funnily enough, it's just the version that plays it in the pre-order trailer. Which is why we had to play that one, because, well, the pre-order trailer came out and it's a Shenmue song, therefore we got to play it. It's the end! And I want to give a huge thank you to everyone who's been listening in to tonight's show. We have had BrickGaming98, Acecroft, Rexy, Jamie64326, Electric Boogaloo, Majikuchi-san, II1980... On the old Twitter feed, we have had Melton, we have had Zappa 444548644. That's a bit repetitive to say. We've had myself, can't forget me. Uh, you probably can, it's not all that difficult to do, to be honest. We had someone else at the beginning of the show. We had Black Knights 2013. I didn't even have to scroll up to find their name, I remembered it because I'm good like that. And we had Doan 2300 as well. So a huge thank you to everyone who joined us tonight, I appreciate it. As for, well, we have tonight, but what's next week? But what's on Friday? Because we're back to Friday next week. And well, it's the 50th episode of this season, so episode 50 of season 2. And, hmm, there's been someone I've been quite wanting to focus my attention on for a while because I did say for the 100th episode, I'd throw you guys a bone. And I'd throw you a bone for a couple of um, special occasion episodes as well. But this time around, it's my own pick. And it's someone I've been wanting to focus on for quite a while. It's quite cliche to say that they're one of your favourite composers in the grand scheme of Sega, but um, they're one of my favourite composers, if not my favourite. And their music's great. Next week, I'm going to be focusing on Hideki Naganuma. And you might say we've done Jet Set Radio episodes before on the Dreamcast Hour, and we've done them on the Topical Resort, and yeah, you're correct. We have. But we've never really done a proper look. I've always wanted to do a proper look, and we haven't done that. So, not only are we going to be looking at the Jet Set stuff and the Ollie King, we're going to be looking at his entire career throughout Sega, hopefully canonically. We're going to be looking at the Skank Funk years when he went by an alter alias and people didn't know it was him, and his new freelance work now that he revealed, hey, I'm Skank Funk and I'm going to be doing this stuff, I guess. So, we're going to be looking at his entire history, not just the Jet Set stuff, which everyone likes to look at, everything. And with that in mind... Catch you all next week. Catch you Friday for hopefully a brilliant episode, episode 50 of this season. And it's uh, it's episode 103 overall, I think. That makes sense to me. Um, no, it'd be 102, wouldn't it? 100, episode 102, join us then. But for now, we're going to leave you with one more track. And I mentioned before that there were some announcements of things before E3. We had the announcement of the final games list of the Mega Drive Mini the week before. And we also had the sort of news out of nowhere... The Hatsune Miku Project Diva, uh, no, sorry, Hatsune Miku VR Future Live, the VR Hatsune Miku game, will be receiving DLC. And I don't particularly like this game at all. It's not a very good game. It's not a very good Miku game, rhythm game, anything game, VR game even. But it has it has some good music in it, a good song selection. It only has one unique song, but it has a good song selection. Um, and. Yeah, they haven't released DLC for it in a long time. Uh, which is why it sort of really caught me off guard. They were just suddenly like, yep, yeah, it's, it's coming. New DLC, guys. There is way too much DLC for the game. There's about six different song packs, and I think this might be the seventh, which... Tone it down, guys. It's a bit too much. But they can do what they want, I guess. 
And this song actually isn't in the new DLC. I didn't pick a song from the new DLC at all. But I picked a song from the old DLC and I picked a remix because I heard this remix while trying to find the original song that I wanted to play here. And it's such a good closing theme that I couldn't not go with it. Uh, it's from an album known as Miku Mix and it's a song that we played on a couple of shows but I don't think we've actually played it on this show before. It's a song known as Lots of Laugh but specifically this is the Bossa Nova remix and I've been Green Viper 8. You all have been awesome. Thank you so much for listening and as always... Stay topical.
Enjoyed the show? Check out the full Radio Sega live schedule at radiose.ga forward slash shows. Radio Sega, playing the best Sega music 24-7.